The Hockey Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by GameTime. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the GameTime app and use promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers where you can win 100 times your money. That's right, turn $5 into $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy or for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. Finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome to the Hockey Gambling Podcast, all the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Talon Jenkins. Joined with our host, we got Flying Ryan Gilbert and Jolie Poli Oli Meyer. Boys, how the fuck are we doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing good. Philly's just uh, completed a, a game one win against the Marlins. 4-1 there. I was telling Joel, a little bit closer than, than, than it needed to be. They had a few scoring chances, especially early on. They could have broke it up a little bit, but they got the job done. Bullpen did not blow it, so uh, hopefully they can finish that out on uh, Wednesday night. But yeah, I'm, I'm doing good here. Fly, flying high, as you said. Uh, I'm not doing as good. I'm pretty tired and uh, got really no excuse to be considering it's three hours early where I am and you guys and you guys sound pumped and jacked and ready really? to go. But uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm still recovering from the weekend with the, the Ryder Cup. Tried to get as, as much uh, time watching that as I could. You know, it's on all night, so it, it, it makes the... Uh, a sleep schedule struggle, especially when you got the NFL and college football during the day. So, uh, yeah, I'm still recovering for that. Couldn't talk about that yesterday because I wanted to talk about it with my boy Talon. Wanted to get his thoughts on uh, on the event. Um, but, yeah, it was obviously an excellent result. Um, John Rahm played awesome. Rory was great. And Victor Hovland, I think, was the the man of the match in terms of yeah. uh, how he played. Um, yeah, and the, the only Americans who showed up really were Patrick Cantley and uh, His Max caddy. Homa. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> Him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that. What what I liked about it is that this uh, this format, this team format, made made it a little bit more passionate. You know, golf is you know everyone's best friends, whatever, jerking each other off. There's there's no real you know emotion and rivalry between the players. But here, you know, they were they were they were yelling at each other, caddies and players, oh, and. Yes. Uh, the fans too. Like I loved how they uh, cheered when the Americans missed a putt. You don't hear that in golf. They're just, they just the crowd goes oh. But here they go fuck you, fucking <laughs> suck. <laughs> That's great to see. Uh, yeah, I really enjoy this this tournament and uh, yeah, especially the result. Like uh, it, it's all, it's a home team, so to speak, always wins. This is one event where there is a true home field advantage, home course advantage, you might say. So. Yeah, great, great, great event, great, great weekend. You, you know what, dude, as far as the Ryder Cup goes, like let's just get into it a little bit quickly here, Jolie. It was nothing short of absolutely electric from fucking tee off the hole in from the first shot of the first fucking day to the last shot of the last day. It was absolutely sick. And there's so much to dissect in here, man. Team Europe 
It's like uh, in it's like in Europe. It's like you said, the home team yeah sure always wins. But the fact that America hasn't won a fucking road match in thirty years, they haven't won the Ryder Cup on the road in thirty years, is absolutely next level, dude. And you touched on it too. So much fucking credit to those goddamn European fans, dude. That's sick. That's what modern golf should be. Golf tradition. Let's face it, you know, and we're not a golf show, so but we love it. We talk about it. Fuck yeah, as we can, as we should, as we will. But like. This is what the modern game should be. This is what golf needs to be absolutely electric and to just grow. And we're seeing that, dude. We're seeing that things with the waste management open. We're seeing that at live. We're seeing that just at majors. They've been absolutely sick. Yes, you understand and you respect tradition. That should never leave the game. Don't get me wrong. You know, the rules at Augusta, all that nature, respecting those that came before you. There's a part of that that's important to the sport as, as it should be for every sport, but in golf so more so. But man, it's not fucking 1985 anymore. Let's start rocketed rolling. Seeing these fans just absolutely giving it to the Americans was part of the best like highlights that we saw. The whole Patrick Cantlay hat thing going on. That was absolutely fucking awesome. And you saw the players give it back a little bit. Sammy Burns waving his ear at the crowd and everything. Like that, That's how it should be. Now, if you're going to be like that, you got to win. And America was pretty shit. But you know what? They did this to themselves, bro. Like... Straight up, there, there's so many narratives. There's so many different ways you can look at this. You can look at this. The Americans demand to be paid to play when Team Europe does isn't, and they're happy to represent their country. You can look at it, the fact that nobody's talking about either. A lot of these guys on America, they took four weeks off, you know, professional golf. They're still killers. These guys are still the best golfers in the world, but they weren't playing competitive tur- tournaments. Team Europe went together. They were playing Scottish Opens. They were playing all these tournaments in Europe getting ready in preparation for the Ryder Cup. And you just didn't see it with America as as traditional. And as you can expect for all you loser Americans out there, you showed up big dick swing and not giving a fuck thinking you were top of the world. Well, guess what, Ryan? You suck. So <laughs> hell yeah, man. So that, it just goes to show that Europe did everything right. And America just sucks in every way of the fact. The fans suck. The golfers are shit. JT was fucking terrible. Jordan Spieth was a gong show. Like uh, even Zach Johnson as a captain, his picks are obviously it's even a question from the from the start, right? And you know what I want to say right now? And a lot of people aren't going to like this, but if you're picking the best squad playing the best at this time of the year, how the fuck is Bryson DeChambeau not on your team? Guy's been lighting the lamp and live for the past like three weeks, for Christ's sakes. All right. So don't even fucking give me this shit. It was cursed to begin with. America never stood a chance. Victor Hovland's an absolute dog. Uh, it, it was absolutely electric, man. It's great for the sport of golf. It's great to see. Uh, and you know what? The President Cup's coming to Montreal next year, and uh, your boy might just. Uh, but just make a little tour on down the 401 and go and enjoy it. I'll tell you that. But anyways, it, it was absolutely awesome. We made a lot of money on Europe. Let's fucking go. The only thing I have to say to Patrick Cantley's caddy should have just sucker punched the shit out of that fucking loser bum Rory <laughs> McIlroy. Fuck that Northern Irish piece of shit. That's the only thing I don't like about that European team. Fuck that guy. Uh, I love Shane Lowry. I don't like that they're friends, but I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, yeah, fuck Rory. Go Europe. America sucks. Let's go. Let's go golf. That's the moral of my story. That, that, that is that is great to see in golf is like fans, like not necessarily having like villains or whatnot, but having villains would be good too. But seeing like fans kind of get into it a little bit with the players, golfers giving it back. Like I feel like that's something that like, golf could definitely lean into and not just be all this stuck up, stuck up, you know, golf clap. Yeah, make sure you're quiet and all that stuff. I think, you know, bring, bring some energy. I, I, I like it. Absolutely. I agree. For the most part, there needs to be more of these these kind of um, uh, different tournaments in, in the in the schedule. But uh, I would leave the Masters alone. Or not the Masters, the Majors. All the Majors, let's leave them as they are. Uh, but, yeah, you can have more events like the the uh, that 
the Phoenix one, waste management, whatever it's the uh, uh, Scottsdale, wherever the fuck it is. And, That's waste uh, management, You're right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a few waste management ones, though, right? Uh, isn't there? Or maybe it's just a sponsor or some other ones. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, we need we need a few more of these these things. Maybe a few team events. I think that's what they're trying to do too with the the, uh, the uh, partial merger between Live and the PGA. So there there could be a few more Live esque dynamics, which could bring in the team stuff. Hopefully they don't fuck it up because it could become gimmicky. But if it leads to stuff like this, like. The Europeans clearly cared about this a lot more than the Americans did, and if we can get that kind of a, a, a passion, a, like teamwork and camaraderie, into uh, more events, then uh, that'd be great. The biggest thing, like you said, is like yes, we don't want to ruin tradition. You don't want to go into the Arnold Palmer Invitational and have like team on team match play, and then just a bunch of like rowdy bullshit. Like respect, respect the sport, but. It's not, like I said, it's not 30 years ago anymore. Let's find a way for both things to coexist. And I think if they can do so, and from the, honestly, from, from all, from all, you know, viewership and shit that we've seen the past like year or two, they're doing that, bro. Like regardless of what you think about live, you know, the, that's, that's neither here nor there, but just the, the fandom that we're seeing here. Yes. You're seeing guys like fans and shit absolutely buckled on the courses, but the tournaments themselves have been absolutely electric. They've been dynamic. The parody in the PGA now live took a bit away from that. Of course they did, but the parody that we've seen in the PGA over the past, I don't know, maybe three, two years or so. Uh, it, it's been nothing like it over the past 20 years. You compare it to when tiger was just kicking everybody's ass and Phil, uh, now literally there's there's 20 guys that can win any given week you know so it's uh it's absolutely sick dude it's great for the game and it was absolutely fucking unreal to watch dude julie i know you had just as much as fun as i did all right uh, enough golf let's get this rocking and rolling here boys everybody go check out the sports gambling podcast network website that's the place to be tons of stuff going on in the world of sports baby we just talked about golf the rider cup that was absolutely sick uh we got hockey baby it's a hockey show after all uh fucking sweet you know preseasons is gonna be over pretty soon what the puck drops in what like six days seven days or so on october 10th so that's gonna be sick it's gonna be here before we know it. we're literally less than one week away that's awesome uh, nfl is doing its thing boys everything's good in the world of the nfl you know what more can you want the raiders stink chargers are two and two uh i'm not gonna get into the whole my thoughts on what's going on there in KC, but that's neither here nor there. Tons of stuff, though. It's absolutely awesome. What else we got? College football is doing work. Baseball. Ryan, we got baseball playoffs. Let's go, Ryan. Talk about your Phillies. Come on. Give us a go. We got, we got baseball playoffs. Yeah, day one was uh, today. Minnesota Twins got their first win, I think, in, in 19 years. So that was a long-running gag that uh, is done. They finally didn't play the Yankees. They were able to get it done against your uh, your Toronto Blue Jays. So that was probably Did they win the series? Are the Jays oh, out? No. No, the Jays are not out, but oh. the Jays have to win two straight now. It's, it's a best of three. So, uh, oh. yeah, and then, then, then the Phillies got, got the win. Zach Wheeler on the mound. Zach Wheeler, I think, is one of the most underrated pitchers of baseball for you baseball fans out there. He's just been incredible, steady, six and two-thirds there. Should have went seven innings, but gave up a few infield singles. Uh, bullpen was kind of shaky. But, uh, Craig Kimbrough was able to lock down there. So, uh, hopefully, Phillies can uh, take advantage of their opportunities more so uh, in game two and close that out before the uh, NLDS this, week, this weekend. So yeah, now now is a great time to be a sports fan, especially especially if you're if you're like me, you're baseball hockey. You got hockey a week away. You got baseball in the playoffs, especially if your team's in it. So October, I, I love it. Right on, man. Uh, okay, I'm sorry to all of our friends and pals listening and shit here because I haven't gotten to talk to my boys in a couple of days here. Jolie, what's your thoughts on our boy Zachy Wilson? What, did, did he like what you saw the other night or what? What, what? what are your overall take here? Yeah, he finally looks like an NFL quarterback. I mean, uh, Hell yeah. 
he he had that one outstanding year at BYU during the um, COVID season. But other than that, he's been uh, pretty pathetic, especially in the Jets uniform. Uh, but yeah, um, I don't know. The Chiefs were playing with their food. They didn't they didn't really think that they'd have a game or whatnot. But like Patrick Mahomes throwing those interceptions, I uh, I could throw better balls than that. Dude, uh, he just lofted him up there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was going on with the Chiefs, but uh, that. They do that a lot during the season, right? They 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 take games off and play with their food, and then they just win in the fourth quarter. So uh, for, fortunately, I had uh, uh, the Chiefs parlayed with the Vikings earlier on, and I didn't think that the the Chiefs game would be the one that was really um, uh, decided in the last uh, drive. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like the whole Chiefs things go, this is a team that just never covers, bro. Like I don't know what it is. Yeah, you can cover against the Bears because that doesn't count. You know, sorry, but like literally it doesn't count. But literally, this is a team that traditionally speaking, just like I, if you look at the record like against the spread, maybe the past three years or so, I guarantee you it's under five hundred, which oh, is yeah. crazy. Now the odds are pretty big. Don't get me wrong. You're looking at like nine and a half, almost ten point odds, almost every or at least majority of the games that they play. But still. You see a lot of other teams that are fucking getting it done, you know, when it comes to high numbers. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Uh, Zach Wilson, I'm always a sucker. You talked about that COVID year at BYU before he was drafted. And I'll tell you what, man, I watched almost every BYU game that year. That kid was absolutely fucking electric. He made me so much goddamn money. I've said it on the show before. All he did was single-handedly hit overs and cover spreads. So to see a little bit of that come back finally at the NFL level... It was awesome, you know, and after all the shit that this guy has taken and even saw it like after the game and some of the interviews and going on, like you can't kind of help but to root for this guy, you know, like he's just crushing moms and being an absolute fucking killer out there. So like off the field. So that's cool to see. But I I can't help but root for the fucking guy, man. He's always going to be close to my heart because he made me all that goddamn money. So I want to see Zaki Dobbs fucking put up some good numbers here. So hell yeah, man. Fingers crossed for the kid. Let's go. Um, all right, everybody, go check out the SGPN website. It's a place to be. Read the articles. Ryan's been pumping out articles. How, how's everything going on the article front, Ryan? We good? Uh, they kind of been slowing down, but yeah, check them out. Last week, I have all, all the divisions out there. One best bet for each team. Got some player awards. Got some futures. So yeah, make, make sure you check those out. Hell yeah, man. Uh, do that. He puts a lot of effort in. And everybody that does articles, too. So be sure you read that. There's nothing uh, nothing better than taking a shit and pulling up your phone at work or something and powering through a couple of articles. So, uh, <laughs> And listen to the other shows. Dude, everybody does such a kick-ass job on all the other shows as well. Like we were talking about before, it's the time where all the sports are heating up. Uh, shout out to boy Jeff Fox. I was talking to him earlier today. Not really. He sent me a message. But either way, that's still kind of talking. So hell yeah. Shout out to MMA Podcast. Shout out to everybody, dude. Everybody does such a great job. So check out all the other shows. Uh, and of course, shout out to all our friends and pals in the Discord. Discord's going off, baby. It's fucking almost hockey season, and it's exactly what you would expect. People are in there. People are throwing, you know, you know, thoughts on teams. People are throwing potential bets and shit like this. You know, a little bit too much baseball talk going on, so we might have to do a little sound about like that. I'm sure Julie will come in and clean up house, and uh, the official share for the Discord will make sure that everybody's following the proper procedures and protocols. But hey. Uh, that's neither here nor there, but still, it's an awesome place to be, man. Shout out to all of our friends and pals in the Discord. Uh, if you're not in the Discord, you're not making money. That's been more evident than ever lately with all the fucking sweet bets that have been thrown out. So, hell yeah. Um, but if you want to get in the Discord and you're not in there, you can reach out to myself or Ryan on Twitter. We'll point you in the right direction. Uh, you can also reach out to the HCP Twitter account. Intern's killing it. I know we've been saying it a lot lately, but this guy's a fucking stud. He's an absolute beauty, and he's been just fucking ripping. Way better than the other guy we had that was all into fracking and shit. That's why he dipped, but this guy guy's an absolute fucking killer balls to the wall he's posting awesome shit all the time so shout out to the twitter intern 
Uh, but if you want to get in the Discord, you know who else you can reach out to here? You can go to Europe and you can buy a Team Europe Ryder Cup fucking jersey. And I tell you what, if when you're waiting in line for somebody and you're going to see somebody in front of you, it's going to be Mr. Joel Meyer taking all of his fucking winnings from what he made in the fucking Ryder Cup betting on Team Europe. And I guarantee he took a one-way flight to Italy and he's sitting there buying his Team Europe jersey as well. So hell yeah. And when you see him in line, you can be like, hey, aren't you that guy on the HGP? And he'll be like, hell yeah, let's go. This is how you get in the Discord, baby. Yeah, I fucking sure. wish I would go to Europe, man. I didn't win that much money. Um, <laughs> yeah, that seeing that that sunset there, like the Roman sunset, was was fucking awesome. cool. Just made me awesome. made me want to go there really really badly. Fuck yeah, yeah. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the Hockey Gambling Podcast where you listen to your podcast. That's on Apple or Spotify. Make sure you leave us a five star rating and review, and you turn on auto downloads. So you get the episodes in your feed as soon as they are published. And that, uh, that Twitter account is at HockeySGPN. It was a nice uh, Photoshop up there of the uh, Jimmy Butler's new hairstyle on all of us. You guys can all check that out. Bro, and... I, got, I got to stop you. I got to say, that, that picture literally just looked like me in fucking like, high school. So it's not even that different. <laughs> that, that's kind of what I figured for you. Yeah. I need yeah. to see this. <laughs> yeah, well, check, out, check it out on Twitter at HockeySGPN. Uh, all right, we're brought to you by Game Time. Uh, buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Game Time app experience, they have those flash deals, last-minute tickets, and you get the images of the seat view so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. The tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And make sure you check out Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every bet with historical stats and data. You can enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg, as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all the bets by the hit rate to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. So stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Holy fuck. Uh, are we good? <laughs> we good. Ryan Ryan looks like uh, Marilyn Manson or like some kind of 80s, 90s goth musician. Oh, did you this, see that? I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. take it. Take you know what he looks like? He looks like Trent Reznor when he had long hair. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, all right. Boys, we talked about a lot of other sports so far already, and that's we we love that. But it's time to do what we're it's time to get down to business. You know what? Uh, the boys are here to take care. We're the business boys, and we're here to take care of some fucking business. We're gonna keep that rocking and rolling. We're going back to our division previews. Uh, we're going back to the Atlantic here, which is awesome hell yeah and the first team we're talking about we're talking about a team that's very near and dear to my heart we're talking to a team that i am wearing on and around my body lathered around me right now and there's no other team that i'd rather talk to you we're talking about the powerhouse of the atlantic division we're talking about the toronto maple leafs baby jolie let's fucking go what do we got going on with the leafers 
Well, we're going to start with the Bruins because their odds are... Uh, are well, why are than, they not first in the goddamn sheet then? But, but look in the sheet. It says intro ads, Bruins ads. Well, then why aren't they first in the fucking column? Oh, blame the intern. He's good at Twitter. He needs to be better oh, at, at, our, at our show notes. After that thing, all right, boys, we're going back into our absolutely wicked, sick Atlantic previews. We're talking about the team that was the powerhouse of the Atlantic division last year. Will they live up to that standards this year? I don't know. A little bit of turnover. We're going to get into it. Gentlemen, we're talking none other than the silver and gold. We're talking about the Boston fucking Bruins. Jolie, what's going on with the Boston Bruins, baby? Well, it's uh, hard to call a team season where they broke the record for a number of points of failure, but after losing to the eight seed in the first round, that's how this team will be remembered for choking in the playoffs. Uh, and so uh, you have to call this a failure in the end, but still a team that impressed in the regular season for how consistent they were. They never relented, never took nights off. Unfortunately, I mean, I thought that, you know, you could make some money on them in the second half of the season, but no, they just kept crushing everybody in front of them. Um, they certainly exceeded the expectations going to the year, even even mine. Like everyone, most people were, were thinking that this team is going to miss the playoffs. You know, Marshawn was was out uh, and the, the other guys getting old. Who else was out? It was uh, McAvoy, I think, missed time and Grizzly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, obviously they, they exceeded expectations from um, – the consensus, let's say, they cleaned up the awards markets, obviously. Um, Allmark, Montgomery, and uh, or was that it? No, there was, uh, um, yeah, I think that, that was those two guys, but that's enough. Uh, but they had a ridiculously high PDO, which, you know, I, it's the, the save percentage and then the shots, whatever they are, uh, scoring percentage, shooting percentage. They ended up first with a bullet at 1.36, which is like uh, insanely better than anyone else's. Uh, obviously, a lot of that could be attributed to Pasta's elite goal scoring and two elite goalies in net, but it's still uh, unsustainably high. And I guarantee you that their PO is nowhere near 1.36 again this season. But uh, uh, yeah, the, the, this team was uh, awesome. Like This is probably one of the, the best teams in history, at least in terms of... Uh, how they perform consistently, building up the the points, and um, yeah, they 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 in the in betting market too. They were always uh, massive favorites towards the end of the year, especially, and uh, yeah, like they were, what were they like minus? I think the Avalanche were actually higher favorites, heavier favorites against the Predators the year before, but uh, the Bruins were, well, I think minus four hundred, minus five hundred, something like that against the Panthers. Um, so yeah, like this this team is absolutely. Uh, lethal, but in the end, it doesn't matter. It's a seven-game series, and then if you don't win four of them, you know, they'll send you home. So uh, <laughs> a failure for uh, a team that, that is going to be remembered for um, choking rather than their their legendary regular season. Yeah, they won 65 of 82 games in the regular season, but then only only three of seven in the playoffs, and, that, and that's what gets you. That's what uh, North American sports are all about. You can have as good of a regular season as you want, but it ultimately doesn't matter. If you have one of the you know record-setting regular seasons, you said the, the Jack Adams and the, the Allmark with with the Vesna and everything, and, and yeah, uh, you know they they fell fat flat in the playoffs, so it it was a failure for them. And yeah, you mentioned their, their PDO. I mean, some of that can be be attributed, you know, their skill, their great defense in front of their goalies. And they're scoring, but yeah, that, that's uh, the next highest was 1.015, so two two percentage points higher than the Islanders, who also probably had some some skill involved with their goaltending. 
yeah, this Bruins team, I mean, they they did everything right during the regular season, and then they could not get the job done whatsoever in the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, it, you you can't view this season as anything else but a failure, despite you know all of their regular season success. Yeah, I mean, there's no other way around it, dude. This is this was you know unarguably like there's no way around it. This was the best regular season team uh, since the shootout era pretty much took place after the uh, after the lockout way back in the day. So uh, there's no way around it when it comes to a point percentage. Not even just a point percentage. You watched this team last year, like you know you can look into the stats, you can look into the analytics all you want, and yes, they will all prove exactly what we're saying here. But if you just watch them play, they they dominated, bro, from start from puck drop to the fucking end of the game, night in night out. I think their road record, like the only loss, like fucking under 10 games the entire year, or something crazy like that. It, it's absolutely, like, it's insane what this team did last year, yo. So, um, yeah, to have, it's, it's like you guys said, to have that season that they did and obviously the playoff expectations that they, they did to get bounced out by, you know, the the Florida Panthers in the first round, albeit Florida did make the Stanley Cup Finals, hindsight is twenty twenty, but at the time, you know, that was heartbreaking, crushing. You saw Bruins fans freaking out last year, and, you know, and rightfully so. Anytime that you had that good of a regular season in any fucking sport for any team to fall short the way that they did, uh, it's nothing short of heartbreaking and catastrophic, man. But, yeah, from a regular season point of view, though, they were fucking unbelievable, man. So, yeah, it's like, what do you do? Do you When it comes down to it, the, the, the playoffs are all that matters. Winning the Stanley Cup is all that matters. And for a team like that, Stanley Cup aspirations was, was everything. So they could have lost in the third round, and technically it would have been a failure. Would it have been a Colossus failure like we saw? No, of course not. Nothing gets bigger than what we saw. But still, you know, it was it was cup or bust for the Bruins last year, and uh, they, they didn't come close to getting it done when it counted. Yeah, and it's wild because, as Joel said, like going into the season, they were missing a few guys, and like people were like, mm-hmm. okay, I, I, myself included, I was like, okay, this is probably the year the Bruins fall off. But no, they did the, the complete opposite. And also, uh, just a shout out to, to Pasta there 61 goals, 113 yes. points, yes, second, yes. second place in heart, heart voting. Would have won it if, if McDavid isn't McDavid. Two 60 goal seasons, right? The year. So there was no 60 goal seasons besides like Stamkos in 2013. Matthews had one two years ago. And then last year we had two players get him, McDavid and Pasta. Absolutely awesome. One more thing that uh, hurts about this season is that, you know, it was uh, the failure of the last dance for the Bruins with the uh, British run in particular, mm-hmm. not getting the to go out in a high and then uh, retiring. So as for the offseason, though, we had to give him a middling grade just because of the Bergeron and Crazy retirements and the lack of replacements for them, at least so far. But there wasn't much they could do with their lack of assets and limited cap space. Uh, bringing back Lucic is an interesting, fine locker room guy, good for the playoffs, I guess, but hopefully you won't see too much ice time. Uh, losing Hall hurts a bit, but Bruins are very deep in the wings still. Uh, bringing in JBR could help with that, too. He still has a bit of gas in the tank. Um, the best addition, though, could surprisingly be Kevin Shattenkirk, who found another gear last year with the Docs and was one of their only players who played at an above replacement level. Uh, he should help with the second power play unit in particular, possibly playing alongside Lindholm there. But, uh, yeah, this could be more of an incomplete grade if the Bruins do something with their 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 center positions there. But uh, I, it seems like they're rolling rolling in with uh, Charlie Coyle and uh, uh, who's he on Pavel Zaka. Uh, mm. Yeah. I thought that they would, would upgrade there a little bit, but I guess they're there. They're deep enough on the other parts of the ice for, uh, to compensate for their lack of center uh, talent. 
Yeah, I really like the the JVR signing. Only at one million dollars, I think that's a a steal there. He's not he's not the same JVR, but he can be a a third second third line guy. You know, maybe first line if he has to be play on the power play in front of the net. You know, mm. score some goals from his office there. Bring him back. Lucic, I think, is a, a good fit up there in Boston. You know, but bringing him back for 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 one last ride there. Uh, signing Morgan Geeky, I believe they signed him uh, from. Uh, Seattle, I think it was maybe with Carolina. I think that that's kind of a savvy signing there. At only two, only two million dollars for, for uh, two years. Also wanted to mention uh, Jake DeBrusque. Uh, last season had a, a great breakout season after kind of being talked about as a trade chip. I think he requested a trade either last season or last off season. And, you know they they stuck with him and he he proved to be a, a legit top six winger. So you know if he can take a step forward, that's definitely going to help their off season as well. But yeah, Shattenkirk I think is also a, a great pickup. But just uh. One million dollars there. So yeah, a few, a few. Uh, they went to the bargain bin, which is they had to do with with their with their top guys. And this is how teams like this need to build. So that they need those guys, you know, play above their pay grade. And I I think those guys, you know, are, are veterans enough to where if they're not putting the points on the board, they're still helping in the locker room. They're still doing the things the right way to to put the team back in in position to hopefully contend for the Stanley Cup for them. Yeah, from an off-season point of view, you know, it's not really much more to to go over here. But I, uh, you know, they they were up against it. There's only so much that they could technically do. And I like the bringing Lucic back. You know, let's have one more fucking trip around the sun here for good old Milan. They love him in the city of Boston. And like Joel said too, this guy does bring something to you uh, from a playoff point of view. And even in the regular season, like he played games in Calgary. It's not like this guy was like on the bench or anything like that. He was a player. And then uh, JVR, I love what Ryan said there too. And one of the things he pointed out as well, yes, obviously he's not the same stud that he fucking used to be. Even calling him a stud may have been a little bit over the top as well. But this is a guy that like net front presence, especially on the power play, like Ryan said, in his office in front of the net, he's arguably like top 15 player in the league at that role, top 10 player in the league at that role. He's sick of deflecting pucks. He's a big fucking body in front of the net. And you know what, man? low-key strong this guy's an ox like he won't go into the corner and bury you you're not going to see him getting into fights or anything like that but when he plants his fat fucking ass in front of the goalie on the power play there's not a defenseman in the league that can get leverage on him and push him out there and he's willing to stay in there and take the cross checks take the fucking shots and all that shit uh and there's something to be said for that man so even if this guy does get first line power play minutes it's yeah it's good for him and it's good for the team as well um that kevin shattenkirk deal jolie touched on as well man one year one million or 1.05 million dollars or something why the hell not dude uh that's a value player i'm sure an aging player at 34 years old but he can bring a lot of a, a lot of one experience and two just a lot of fortitude to your team as well so i like that on the back end uh it was it a great off season i wouldn't i don't think anybody could agree that it was like an a plus or an a or a b plus or anything like that but serviceable i suppose uh, considering what they had to work with right so looking forward I uh, project him at 103.6 points. Um, I mentioned earlier the the PDO. big part of that will be in net. Omark, though, proved himself as an elite goalie. And Swayman is one of the best backups in the league and actually played better than Olmark uh, down the stretch. But uh, the kind of numbers they're putting up is unlikely to be sustained. So look for the Bruins to allow a few more goals this year, even if their defense is still top five in the league, which was, uh, you know, keeps their 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 floor high in terms of the goals against. Um, but if the Bruins don't prove themselves at center, they're they're looking at Zach and Coyle as their one-two, with the possibility of new new arrival Morgan Geeky pushing Coyle down. If that's the case, it's it's hard to imagine this team having a fraction of the success they had last year. But they also have too many great players to fall together, um, and, and, and I still think they'll be competing for the division even. Um, but even in the 
toughest division now. They, they'll they'll push to win it. Although, uh, yeah, second or first uh, finish, I think, in this division. So, uh, what was I going to say? There's one more thing. Uh, anyway, elite blue line that that'll keep this team going. And I mentioned uh, all their wingers; they're, they're they're great there, and they're great in net. So it's just the the question marks at center. We'll we'll see how they do. Maybe it's the the rest of the team that'll that'll uh, uh, shelter them somewhat, so they they aren't forced to do everything on their own. So yeah, losing Bergeron, losing Krejci, obviously is a is is a killing killer, and uh, Taylor Hall too, I guess. But um, at the end of the day, this team is so great last year that you can't just expect them to just, you know, drop 50 points and miss the playoffs. That's not going to happen. So, yeah, this team will still be competitive. Uh, uh, they'll still be in it. Um, I bet a little bit to them to win the division when the Vasilevsky news came out. But other than that, I don't really have any Bruins bet. I mean, I, I bet an early under, but it was, it was off market, whatever. I don't I'm not touching the current line here at uh, what, 100 and a half, 100 and a half. 101 and a half, something like that. Um, so yeah, that, that's my, my take on the, on the bees. Yeah. I think one guy we haven't even mentioned yet for, for the Bruins mm. that kind of came out of nowhere is Matthew Pot, Potra. I think his name is a, a second round pick from the 2022 draft last year for the Guelph storm. He had 95 points in 63 games. Granted, most of those were assists with 79, but he's been impressive during the preseason, according to like everything I've been reading on Twitter and whatnot. So he could, you know, make a play for second line center. It seems like they're not going to send him back to the OHL, at least to start. So, you know, secret if weapon. Can, if, if he can stick around and uh, daily faceoff has him centering Marchand and DeBrusque, two veteran guys that can <laughs> kind of, on. kind of shelter him a little bit. I mean, kind of help him out. I think, you know, maybe you'll see him. I mean, it's either Charlie Coyle, Pavel Zaka, Morgan Geeky. Like they, they need someone there. So I think they'll take a chance on him. Yeah, this How old is this kid? Is this kid 19 years old, 20 I, years old? I think he's 19. He's not. Yeah, he's so 19, a 19-year-old rookie is going to be first line center for the well, Boston Bruins next year. Well, no, no, no. Their, their, their <laughs> first line is uh, JVR, Zaka, and, and Pasta, according to Daily Face, oh, which Lordy. is possibly even worse. But yeah, I, th- I think uh, as Joel said, this team is still very strong on defense. I mean, Stratton is going to be the third pair. Lindholm, Carlo, second pair behind Grizzly and McAvoy. That that's their bread and butter. They have two great goalies in net. They have. They, they could trade one to, for the center depth. They could sway, trade Swayman to him as a goalie for, for a center. Um, so, yeah, you could see something like that happen. But, yeah, yeah, the point total is at 100 and a half. Don't really like that. To make the playoffs, though, is minus 295. I know it's a lot of juice. You don't necessarily want to have your money tied up that long. But I feel like that's probably a, a, a plus EV bet based on their chances to make the playoffs. I, I think, you know, they could take a step back without Bergeron and Krejci, obviously. Maybe if Pasta gets hurt or if they have a, a big injury, but I, I think this team still does does make the playoffs. I don't know about the division at, at plus three seventy five, but I think this team, yeah, I think this team makes the playoffs. Have 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 what it takes to to go on a run to 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 win the cup, but I, I I'm not confident in that. I think just you know, make the playoffs, and if I had to take a point total, probably go with the over. All right, um, for myself here, kind of a season preview, I guess, for the Boston Bruins. Um, I don't love. What I see on paper, man, it comes down to, and this is kind of similar to the point I'm going to bring up when I was talking about Colorado a couple episodes ago. You're no longer getting these these cheap team-friendly deals. You know, David Pasternak now playing for $11.25 million, that contract kicking in this year. You know, obviously it kicked in last year too for Charlie McAvoy, but still that $9.5 million on a team and an organization that was used to players, you know, standing up and taking less. We saw that with Marshawn. We saw that with Bergeron. We saw that with Chara. 
um, it, it was a common thing. So it's it's almost a bit of a, a bit of an eye opener here in Boston. I remember last year talking about it in the Discord, saying, "Hey, all you Boston's fans, all you fans of the Patriots, the Bruins, you know, I don't know a lot about baseball, but the Sox suck from what I hear, and you know, I don't know about basketball. Maybe the Celtics are good, I guess, but you're in for a bit of an eye opener for your fucking superstar teams out there in Boston, and you're gonna know what it's like to feel like the rest of us. And I think we're seeing that a little bit here in Boston. Now, with that being said, from the Bruins' point of view, I still think they're a good team. I still think they're a playoff team, and I think they're a playoff team that's going to take one of those three division spots you know especially with the likes of Vasilevsky being out for Tampa that that just even more solidifies that thought um but just overall on a team here man you look at a team that's up against the cap like what do they have available in the cap space right now they have fucking 429 million dollars they're the same as everybody else in the league they're not able to bring in the likes of like a Dmitry Orlov like we saw last year and he was a pivotal part of that team Maybe not a pivotal part, but expected to be a pivotal part when it came to a playoff point of view. Obviously, they were great in the regular season, but you want to be able to add a player like that. And unfortunately, they just don't have the room to do it, barring an injury here. Now, one guy that we haven't really talked about here has been the departure of a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi. You know, I think he only played, what did he play last year? I think he had 21 games for the Bruins in the regular season. Not great numbers, 4, 12, and 16. But in those seven playoff games last year, he was 5 and 5 for 10 points, 5 goals and 5 assists in seven games. That's a guy that showed up for this team in the playoffs, even though they still lost. So that's another type of player that they're missing out on. And that's a guy that they did trade assets for. So you look at a team up against the cap with old veteran players now, Pasternak, Marchand, Coyle, all these guys. And how do you solidify them normally on a team up against the cap? You bring in younger players, guys on entry-level deals, you know, value players that are a little bit younger. And the system in Boston, you know, just because they've had so much success over the years, they're they're a product of just trading those picks to go on runs. And that's the way it should happen. But those players just aren't there this year, man. So I don't know. I don't I don't love Boston in the playoffs whatsoever. I think they're going to get to the dance. But as far as like, you know, winning the cup or fucking, you know, division odds or anything like that, I, I, I just have zero interest in it whatsoever. I think potentially you'll see them maybe move one of those two goalies. I think together they're making like eight million dollars against the cap. But you got a one A and a one B here, man. So find a fucking serviceable backup. Trade one of those guys bring in an asset to help boost the center line or just allocate that money somewhere else. So um, I don't know, man, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a change of pace here for Boston, but uh, I still think that this team will, uh, will make playoffs. That, that, that's a great point about Bertuzzi, especially, you know, losing him to Toronto, not losing him to Toronto, but yeah, he, he left him and signed with Toronto for, I think 5 million, but at the same time, like Boston doesn't have the cap space. You mentioned it basically would have had to pay him 5 million instead of paying, you know, signing, Geeky, JVR, Lucic, and Shattenkirk, or you know, trading away someone like a maybe a Grizzlick or a Forbert, who are making three million, three point six million to try to fit him under the cap. Yeah, I think Bertuzzi is a loss there. Like like we talk about with with the Lightning too, is losing these these key role players and you know expecting these other other players to to step up. We'll we'll see if it happens. I mean, but it's it's going to come down to their big guns being their big guns and seeing if if someone can step up down the middle. And that's not just Boston, though. That's every contending team. There's going to be cap casualties every year, right? Like, you can't just put that up against the Bruins or whatever. Every team goes through that. It's kind of expected. That's what you get in fucking Gary Bettman's triple hard cap salary cap system in the NHL. So, But but, but Pasta and McAvoy being a quarter of the cap is, is not a good look. Tough. Uh, they're still underpaid. Uh, they're elite they are. Players. They yeah. are. You're right. Pasternak should be 100%. Pasternak should be making like arguably north of $12 million, you know, maybe even pushing 13. There's no way of arguing against that, you know, but it's not like he's taking the $6 million over those significantly cheaper contracts that we used to see Boston players taking, you know? 
Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Also, one more thing. I just noticed on the sheet here, you got the Bruins cup price at 22 to 1. Uh, that, that is available somewhere. Yeah, I think it's 18 to 1 most other places. Yeah, or as short as 13, I'm seeing. Um, yeah, if you could find a 22 to 1, that's that's a bet on the Bruins. That's 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 too long for a team that's that's going to be in the playoffs and in the mix. And uh, yeah, and, and should still be a... A very competitive team. So if you got twenty to one or better, I think that's that's okay for the cup. That's better than one I can get. Okay. Um, okay. Uh we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy has a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go five for five and pick 'em Scorchers and enjoy a spicy one hundred times payout. From now until October 4th today, this is over. Uh, but $100,000 Sundays continue on Underdog Fantasy. Ten lucky players will win $10,000 each. So watch along, make some picks, and maybe make a little some cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your deposit. First deposit of up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. All right, gentlemen. To the three people in attendance and the millions listening at home. Are we ready? It's time for the main event. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> That's my Michael Buffer impression. <laughs> Hell yeah. We're talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs, baby. Jolie, let's fucking go. What are we talking about here? What's going on with the Leafers and Leaf Nation? Uh, well, it's another season, so prepare for another emotional roller coaster for the Leafs mm-hmm. fan. Um, just like last year, from <laughs> starting early on, the lows of losing all three of those California games, and uh, Sheldon Keefe on the hot seat early in the season, to comfortably ruling the second spot of the Atlantic for nearly the whole second half of the season, from beating the Lightning and exercising those first round demons, to being bounced in five games by the eight seed eight seed Panthers, it's just up and down, up and down, and of course uh, the Leafs, the Leafs uh, take the pain and the and the uh, the excitement very. Uh, Personally, very uh, it impacts them more than most fan bases. Let's just put it that way. Uh, but yeah, just a few takeaways from their regular season. The, uh, the Leafs, despite the narrative of their being more defensively oriented, were still better in terms of expected goals for than expected goals against. And their power play was second in the league, while their penalty kill was only twelfth. Uh, a lot of talk, a lot of that talk, was centered around Austin Matthews. He wasn't scoring as many goals, but he was contributing more defensively. Uh, he really just had a much lower shooting percentage than in previous year where he scored a, a 60 goal. Some of that can be put down to maybe some lingering injuries, some of that just pure regression. Uh, but the real problem is that the Leafs offense dried up in the playoffs, especially when the bottom six is on the ice. They averaged only two goals a game across their last seven playoff games, which isn't going to win you a playoff series. Uh, the Leafs also might have a goalie, though, and then Sergei Samsonov, they've tried oh, some yeah, different Samsonov. options. Sergei? What did I say? <laughs> Sergey. Sergey? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So back a bit here a couple of years, Julie. Sergey Samsonov. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got it. Uh, they've tried so many different options in net the past two years. I guess they were due to hit on one, but things are looking good for him. It's just tough that the, the Leafs could only get the one-year deal for him, so they'll have to revisit the goalie situation yet again next uh, summer. Overall, though, this is uh, another very good Leafs season. 
we might even be tempted to call it successful, seeing as they finally got out of the first round. But that's just loser talk, we know. Uh, when you have Matthews, Marner, Lena Leonard, Morgan Riley, all in prime years, and Tavares slowing down, still an excellent second-line center, your ambitions have to be winning the Cup or bust. They did not win the Cup. They busted. So another very good Leafs team, but one that still hasn't succeeded when it matters most. Yeah, the, the Leafs are, it, it's more you know, de- debatable if it was a success or a failure. Because, yeah, they, they were very good in the regular season. It was a roller coaster, as you said. But, yeah, second in the division but behind the Bruins, behind the Hurricanes, the Devils in, in, in the league. So it's a tie, tied for the fourth best team record points-wise uh, in the entire league. But, yeah, they, they won, won, finally won a, a first-round series as well. But yeah, they then fell to the to the Panthers, who, who reached the Stanley Cup final, but doesn't really matter there. did seem like it would finally be the Leafs here. But, yeah, as you said, their their offense kind of dried up in the playoffs. Finding Samson off is, is fantastic because that was one of their one of their big big question marks. So having him in net was a big win there, especially with his 919 save percentage. So, yeah, I think, you know, from, from outside perspective, I, I could make an argument that it was it was a uh, it was a success for the Leafs. But I, I know from our uh, all of our time here spent with talent that it was it was a failure because they did not win the cup. We keep slapping their mic here, boys. What are we hearing there? You guys hearing that? I heard that. That was probably yeah. me. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, yeah, you know, you guys hit the head on the team. With, with any team, if they had this amount of skill, and it, it should be cup or bust. And obviously, this team did not win the Stanley Cup this year, so or last year, so uh, it, it was it was a failure, you know. Um, as far as regular season goes, Julie touched on it. It's a roller coaster ride. It always seems to be like that for this fucking franchise. Um, you can chalk that up. I don't know if I specifically say to the Matthews production here the lingering injuries thing that you brought up was a factor last year coming into the season with you know the wrist still banged up uh and then the the cross check he took early in the year from uh from Jamie Ben that was a lingering back in, or you know injury that he had throughout the entire season but you you touched on something that is important that we I know we've pushed on this show a little bit here um the, this guy's defensive accolades are, are are fucking unbelievable like you don't think about it you see Austin Matthews you just think yes goal scorer goal scorer unless you actually watch the team a little bit you're like holy shit this guy's hard on the back check he's he's a proper centerman he's in the corners he's doing what he's supposed to do um and so it, it's it, it's more valuable than what it seems you know just on paper so um you can expect more of that to come this year uh, obviously we'll get into that later but just from a last year point of view yes winning that first round series was fucking it was everything, man. From from a fan point of view, strictly, it was it was the biggest thing because of how much shit that we fucking take, you know, day in day out. You know, winning around, winning around. Well, we finally did. Well, guess what? Was it worth it? If you ask me, no. It fucking sucked because of what happened in the second round. And if they had a lost in like six or seven games or something, like yes, I understand. But to to lose the way they did, only winning one round and going down three games to nothing like that, just absolutely sucks, bro. And now the the irony is, you know. Tampa Bay probably should have won that first series. They beat the shit out of the Leafs when it came to the playoffs. And then in the second round, you know, the Leafs were all over Florida, but Florida was, you know, a team that was so good at capitalizing on on mistakes. And then they showed that more evidently than almost in any other series than in the in the second round against the Leafs, right? Anytime there's a simple mistake or something, the puck would end up in the back of your net. And there's no way around that. It, it was a failure, you know. So, yes, they got some solidification in goal, which was nice to see. Um, you know, the players were, were the players, right? It, it's the same fucking team that we've seen night in, night out. Uh, the, the bunting stuff was a little tough last year. That was a big conversation within Leafs Nation. Obviously, that's something they won't have to deal with uh, next year. But, yeah, there, there's no way around it, man. It was, uh, it was a failure of a season. That first round was great. That Tavares goal is something I'll never forget. I'll always remember where I was for that. But still, you know, I'll always remember where we were every game when we got our asses kicked by Florida, too. So you, you can't call it anything short of failure. 
for the offseason, moving on from Kyle Dubas and hiring Brad Tree Living, that was the big storyline. Uh, but it's hard to tell whether it's a gain or a loss only a couple months into a new GM's tenure still. He's made a number of shrewd moves, the most important being resigning Matthews, even if he couldn't get the vital fifth year out of him. Getting him at 13.25 is a lot better than what was being rumored for a while. And uh, even before the, the money rumors was one of the rumors that Matthews was going elsewhere, which complete bogus, it turns out. Um, they also brought in Tyler Bertuzzi and Max Domi, who immediately turned the left side of the four group from a weakness into a strength and should help with depth scoring, making them less dependent on the big boys to score all the goals. Uh, we would give them a better grade than a B, but we had to ding the Leafs a bit for a, a questionable draft and for making their only defensive signing, John Klingberg, who has been uh, one of the worst full-time defenders in the league for the past two years. And Are you sure free... about that draft? Uh, Easton Cowan? Easton Cowan's been fucking sick, dude. Weren't you saying last week that you were ripping the Leafs fans? I, or saying I was ripping the fans. Because the guy said, oh, look at this sick video, and all he did was skate past the guy. But if you watch yeah. these preseason games, man, he's been lights out, and he's still up with the team right now. So I'm just all saying, right. you, he's been he's been okay. We don't know. Maybe you're right, but we don't yeah, know. It's, it don't just seemed like a reach. It. It's, yeah. yeah, it just seemed like a reach of the time. So, yeah, you, you can't judge a draft completely based on a, a few months. Um, but, yeah, the Klingberg, he sucks. That, that was the worst uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> part of this uh, offseason. But still, a B overall. Yeah, obviously Klingberg was the it was very, very questionable. But like thinking back on it, I don't know what other defensemen were really available, especially just at, I mean, four point four four point one five million is probably a bit much for Klingberg. But you have to pay defensemen in in, uh, in free agency. And you don't have as, to pay John Klingberg. Well, who? Better, I, no one is better than uh, signing. No one is better than signing John Klingberg, in my opinion. Possibly, use, but you use know. that money elsewhere. Maybe adding that depth, you know, I gave. I don't think you understand how bad he is. Uh, Defensively, he's fucking terrible. Uh, I, I probably, I probably don't. So yeah, that, that was a bad signing. I, I know I gave Talon and, and Leafs fans a lot of shit for signing Ryan Reeves, but that's that's a fine depth signing there. You know, looking at looking at the Leafs lines, I, I didn't realize how well they did this offseason. I, I love the Bertuzzi signing at five point five million. I think he's a, a gritty player that that the Maple Leafs needed. Max Domi is a fantastic fit there. $3 million for him. He's been around the block a little bit. He's seen, you know, he's seen different styles of coaching since different styles, styles of play. So he has some playoff experience now, so he can definitely, he can definitely jump in. And now, now, yeah, I kind of love, love the Leafs, Leafs depth here. Uh, defense, you know, yeah, Klingberg is, is a big question mark there on the second pair. Mark Giordano is somehow still, you know, uh, is great, great Bush marker Giordano at, you know, 35, 30. Oh, he's 40 now. 40 year old Mark Giordano <laughs> on the third pair, not going to be great either. But yeah, Samsonov bringing him back, even if it's a one-year deal. I think he's, you know, a prove it, not necessarily a prove it deal, but I think when when it was signed, we discussed him. We were like, okay, he had one good year. Let's see if he can do it again. And then if he does it again, maybe he'll get paid. But but you know, they also have Joseph Wall, of course, who was uh, an up-and-comer there. So yeah, I think this offseason was was good for the Maple Leafs. And even if they did reach on the draft, I think I feel like the Leafs are a team where you can't put their draft grade into the offseason grade when they're going for the cup next year and whoever they draft in the late first round isn't going to impact until at least two or three years. That's a fair point. A um, lot of moves this offseason, man. There, there's no way around it, you know, whether it be from, you know, the whole Cal Lewis departure, which uh, Joel talked about here, the players' point of view, like the Tyler Bertuzzi additions, the Max Domi, the Ryan Reeves, uh, the, the Klingberg, you know, the whole thing. I, 
What I don't love about the John Klinberg is like, yes, you brought in another offensive defenseman. The only success he will have is if he's, you know, quarterback and power play. Well, guess what? You have Morgan Riley doing that. We saw this same thing happen when the Leafs brought in the likes of a Tyson Berry. Okay. And look what happened. Both the production of Morgan Riley and Tyson Berry fell off. So it's either just have one guy and stick to him or don't sign Klinberg. And you guys are talking, you know, what's another move they could have done? Well, I got to tell you what, this team struggled defensively. They need more defensive defensemen. And although there's some hard miles on the guy, Matt Dumba signed well after the fucking trade deadline for $3.9 million. Or well after the uh, free agent frenzy for $3.9 million. So if you were looking to allocate your money, whether it be a one-year deal, either $4 million to Klinberg or three point nine to Matt Dumba, Personally, I think that Matt Dumba might have been a better fit for this team. Um, you know, that's neither here nor there anymore. And to be fair, dude, Klimberg's looked okay on the top line power play. I know that we were ragging on him there. Defensively, his metrics are absolutely shit. We saw him lose touch when he was in Dallas towards the end of his stint there. But to kind of just judge him off what he did on an absolutely horrible Anaheim team. Yes, he was fucking awful. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like there's a little bit of a middle ground there. Maybe I'm being hopefully optimistic, but um, he was bad in Minnesota too. They're an excellent defensive team. Yep, that's fair, hundred percent, right? But he was uh, there's no way around it. But I'm just saying, like you know, maybe let's let's see how things out. He's looked okay in preseason. Preseason obviously means nothing though. That's important to put out as well. Sorry, Ryan, yeah. are you saying something? No, uh, yeah, other defensive options. Look at him now. Dumba signed late. D'Angelo signed with the Canes back for for a cheap deal after getting bought out. Uh, Gostisbehere possibly bring bring back Luke Shen. He signed a three year deal down there. In yeah, he was great. Dumoulin, Gudis, Gudis doesn't want to play in Toronto though, because because uh, because the, the media there just bring back Hall maybe Scott Scott Mayfield probably was never leaving. Uh, Trade a second okay. round pick and bring Sean Dersey back, like just yeah. do something. You know? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, that should yeah that that Klingberg signing might be worse than I initially thought. Yeah, if they wanted a guy for the second power play unit, then Gosses Bear made a ton more sense. But the uh, the thing is, the second power play unit only plays like 20 seconds of power play. They roll out that first unit for about a minute 40 every time. So it's it's almost irrelevant if you're just bringing in for a second power play, right? So the only faceoff has Klingberg on the first power play. I'm not sure. He's getting, yeah. That's what I'm that's saying. He's getting first minute reps. He is. But Maybe they yeah. wanted a, a right hand shot there. I don't. Maybe potentially that could that's be it. You're right. That could yeah. be it. But I don't know. Either way, enough about Klingberg. Um. Yeah, as far as offseason goes, you know, it's there, there was a lot of turnover, but you're going to be looking for a lot of growth from within. You know, you're looking at the likes of Matthew Nice, likes of Pontus Holmberg, potentially. I know if you're not a Leafs fan, these names, some of these names probably mean nothing to you, right? But even the Pontiff. Yeah, even Nick Robertson is still up with this team in camp, right? And this is a guy that's kind of been, hey, what the fuck do we have here? And this is something that we've talked about on this show before, and you don't really see a lot of people talking about it, is a lot of these players, and he falls into this, had a lot of stunts in development due to the COVID years that happened the past three years. So maybe you got a guy here, I don't know. But uh, uh, for an offseason, I'm not 100% sure if it's... it was. There were some good moves. There's some moves like, like more than the others. So I think like a B... Maybe like a B minus or a B is fair for this team, you know? Absolutely. Uh, it is highly likely that the Thiefs, the Leafs, the Thiefs, the Leafs are a team like, with a very high ceiling. Barring a catastrophic injury cluster, fuck, uh, it's, it's, it's unlikely that this team misses the playoffs. That said, they are a pretty thin team. So if, if there are injuries, uh, it could, could uh, do some damage. Um, yeah, we, we mentioned their defense, how it's it seems to be the weakness. And 
So if they do suffer a few key injuries there for any stretch of time, it's easy to see this this team go through lulls as they are wont to do. Uh, their goaltending situation is also far from stable. We already play Samsonov, but he hasn't had a, a full year as a starter, and Joseph Wall is, is still young and showed his inconsistency as well last season. These are things which, which put a, a ceiling on this team, I guess, but... They need to be very healthy, solid in goal the whole season, and Matthews plays more like 2021 Matthews than 2022 to go the whole way. Uh, they also need Brody and Giordano to not fall off a cliff. Obviously, they are not dependent on Giordano as he's now playing um, uh, short third-pairing minutes, but he certainly showed his age towards the end of last season. I think that they were playing him too much towards the beginning, and he, yeah, you can't expect a 39-year-old to be playing that much and not wear down a little bit uh, over the course of a whole season. Uh, but there's not exactly a wealth of other options for the Leafs. Uh, even Brody, for as consistent as he's been as a flame and a Leaf or a Teeth, is 33 years old now. And though still an elite defensive player, also looking to be uh, slowing down a little bit. Uh, if he can't maintain his form, the Leafs' blue line goes from looking below average to uh, downright bad. Like we said, though, there's a very high floor with this team. It's just that there's there's too many chinks in the chain for them to have a, a super high ceiling either. Uh, based on this current lineup, Particularly the weaknesses we see on defense. Matthews, Marner, and Nylander, we need to go nuclear to carry this team to a cup final. And given what we've seen from them in their playoff careers, we're not ready to believe that that is their, their ceiling yet. Uh, so, yeah, projection, 106.3 points. So, uh, um, yeah, once again, very good regular season, but uh, not not exactly a believer that they're one of the top four, top five teams of the league in terms of uh, the playoff chances and to get the cup. I don't know. I'm kind of looking at at these Leafs lines, and I, I'm liking them a bit. I mean, like they, they all of them have like kind of a question question mark. Second line of Matthew Nye, Sam Lafferty with John Tavares. They, is is Nylander still playing center talent? Is that like actually still happening? So Tree Living wants to test the waters, so he wants him to be third line center. I was going to get into that. Yeah. All right. That, yeah. That I mean, him with Robertson and Domi could could be a good third line. Maybe Domi can take take some face offs. I know he's played center in the past. Then Yarncrack Camp and, and uh, Ryan Reeves fourth lines. It seems fine. There are obviously the holes on defense, which are going to definitely be costly for them if Klingberg is not as good as they, they expect, especially with Brody and Giordano as you mentioned. But I, I do believe in Samsonov. I mean, I think they have a, a decent enough rotation there as well. If they need need to relieve him for a little bit, get get Wall in there. I don't know. I think the Leafs, this this has to be their year. I mean, they don't have the cap space to, to make a big in-season move, but if an injury happens, I think they, they, they're good enough to kind of overcome it and still be one of the top teams in the division and then maybe make a move and, and put someone on LTIR and, you know, do the lightning Golden Knights thing of just bringing them back for the playoffs. But I, I'm kind of high, high on this Leafs team. I, um, I'm not sure if I'd take them to win the division at 2-1. to one. Cup is 11-1. to one. But I think this is a team that, you know, can can go far in the playoffs. I think they have a chance to win the division. So, you know, maybe I would take a look at, at those bets. Um, I think I think something worth noting when it comes to this team, bro, is I'm, you know, I'm not just trying to say this to sound like an asshole, you know, oh, I'm not going to be too hard on my team and shit like this. But there was a lot of fucking turnover here. And we're not just talking turnover on it. We're talking turnover from a GM point of view. The coaching staff, the entire coaching staff, except for Sheldon Keefe, uh, is 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 not returning. Like that's only one guy. And then you look at the turnover on the ice, the departures, the notable players, and then you know bringing in new guys that we talked about: Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, you know Ryan Reeves, uh, the, like Klimberg on the defense and stuff like that. With the emergence of rookie players like Matthew Nyes and Joseph Wool in a backup position here, that's a lot of fucking 
you know, new faces as of Toronto Maple Leaf for a full season next year. And so I'm just saying this. I'm not expecting this team to be hot out the gate, man. I think it's going to take a couple weeks to see this team click. October to early November might not be that pretty. Will they still be a 500 team? I think so. But I, you're not, I don't, I'm not expecting to see this team run off fucking 10 wins in a row to start the season or something like this, just based on the fact of all the new faces from the top of the organization to what we're seeing on the ice. So with that being said, I still think they're going to be a playoff team. I'd like them to win the division at plus 200. You look, especially with the Vasilevsky news coming out, the kind of Boston trail off. I'm not high on Florida this year. We know where I stand when it comes to Buffalo and Ottawa and the likes of that. So, yeah, I like this team to win the division, man. But uh, just out the gate, I think there's something to be said for all the new faces, and that will be definitely taking a toll. Um, with that being said, I love, I love, love, love what we're seeing with Matthew Nice. Let's see what we get this kid in a top two lineup, dude. If he's, you know, playing on the second line, whether we're with, you know, Tavares, and if it is Lafferty as a placeholder on that right wing until Patrick Kane signs with the Leafs, cough, cough, that's neither here nor there. Or if he does get a shot with uh, Matthews and Marlon in the first line, or Matthews and Marlon, I think that's going to be an absolutely awesome addition, too. And then, you know, once the team starts to gel a bit, I can't wait to see what Tyler Bertuzzi brings to this team. I can't wait to see what the likes of Max Domi brings to this team i know ryan may not be the biggest fan i can't wait to see what ryan reeves brings to this team man but i think the biggest thing is yes you're gonna see pain you're gonna see reeves get burned and look like a fucking dummy at one point in this year you're gonna see these this team maybe not gel right off the bat but i i still think that the talent's there defensively i know that you guys talked about you put a lot of time into like the likes of mark giordano and tj brody but i think one of the biggest and most important question marks on this team this year is can we fucking see Timothy Lilligren take a top four role into this defense. You know, you're out of the prospect territory now, dude. You're 24 years old. You know, uh, you're, you're, you've had a full year under you last year. And most importantly, you lost your fucking playoff spot to a guy that's 40 years old last year. So like you, that's not unexcusable right now. Timothy Lilligren, and he has looked good. He has apparently, from all means, been putting the work into the offseason. But it's time for him to show that, yes, I'm ready to solidify myself as a fucking second-pairing defenseman in this goddamn league. And they need that, bro. And one other kind of story, and it sucks because he just went down for like a serious injury, and he's going to miss some time. And, Jolie, I know you're going to laugh at me at this, but Connor Timmons was fucking sick, dude, this preseason. Connor Timmons led the fucking – at one point was leading the preseason in – points from the entire nhl this guy's been absolutely lights out and he's played himself in a roster spot with his team how he'll bounce back after this injury i don't know we think of timmons we think of a player that's absolutely washed well guess what he's only fucking like six months older than lilligren so he's still kind of in that same thing he's only 25 years old if this guy can come back and solidify himself whether it be in you know second line pairing or third line pairing minutes that's still another guy you know it's serviceable maybe his defense leaves a lot to be desired and that's a problem with this team but everybody knows that the leafs will have no problem when it comes to outscoring their defensive liabilities whether that works in the playoffs that's a whole nother kind of can of beans but as far as the regular season goes it's an option man so the defense doesn't look pretty you're gambling on a lot of guys working out and then the last thing i wanted to say i'm sorry i'm a little long-winded here i guess two things is one the goaltending leaves a lot to be desired here. We saw Samsonov have one fucking great year, Ilya Samsonov. Can he do that now as the bona fide number one? Well, you put all your fucking eggs in that basket, man, so he goddamn better. Because if not, who are you looking at? You're looking at Joseph Wool, who's a rookie in the NHL. Yes, he's played games in the NHL before. Yes, he's had okay numbers. He is 25 years old, but uh, that that's a gamble, man. And if Martin Jones clears waivers, maybe you have a guy there, but it's not pretty. Uh, last thing and final thing, I'm sorry. Thank you for entertaining me. Uh, Morgan Riley, man. 
Morgan Riley needs to fucking be a stud. And Morgan Riley is a stud, but he needs to be an absolute killer. We need to see a full playoffs or full regular season of what we saw out of playoff Morgan Riley last year. Because arguably night in and night out, that guy was the best player that this team had on the ice last year. So if he can fucking come out and have a healthy 82-game season with this team, then fucking uh, they'll put themselves in great position. I don't see why they can't win the division. Um, the toughness, though. The toughness is absolutely big when it comes to Tyler Bertuzzi, Max Domi, Ryan Reeves as well. And like I said, Morgan Riley, man, this guy is low-key. He's fucking tougher than a $2 steak. Like, I know you, you think of him, you just think of some little bitch boy from BC, but this guy's absolutely fucking yoked. He'll go in the corners, he'll battle, he'll fucking drop the mitts, too. You never think about that when you think of Morgan Riley, but I'm telling you, man, this guy's a fucking gamer, too. So, to see how this team does physically, uh, very intrigued from that point of view. And uh, I, I like the moves that they made this offseason. I like, you know, I, I'm believing in tree living. You know, he's done, he's done great since he's been here. Obviously, we know where I stand when it first happened, but... Uh, I don't know. I'm hopefully optimistic on this Leaf team, but I'm just a little weary out the gate, I guess. I'm sorry love that was it. a lot to take in. I'm sorry. No, I love no. it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, one more thing before I forget. I've been f- meaning to say is uh, three prior episodes, uh, but there. I remember, I remember I was talking about teams that go into Europe, and then when they get back, uh, they have mm. some problems. Readjusting well, the the final one is the Leafs, are uh, are one of those teams that are going to Sweden this year for a couple of games, and then five days later they're playing a, a full schedule of NHL games again. So that's typically typically these teams uh, this year it's the Wild, Sens, and Red Wings. Um, uh, typically these teams take a little bit to to uh, get back to form and all that uh, for obvious reasons you know the crazy travel and the jet lag and just uh, readjusting to old routines and whatnot um so but there are there are occasions where this uh, these trips form like a bonding experience i remember the avalanche uh after the year that we were absolutely terrible uh went to finland i think or with finland was last year i don't remember where we went but uh the the point is that the team really bonded together and then uh, had a great year and then um, yeah been a great team ever since that trip really that that trip uh, that was right around when we traded Duchesne too so that that was a very pivotal <laughs> part of our uh, franchise history but and also on um, the Lightning the the year after they lost to the Blue Jackets I believe it was they went to uh, Europe and then uh, of course um, became became a, a much better team stronger team in terms of their um, uh, camaraderie and the, the 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 teamwork and all that stuff that that's so important for winning long term. So that that can happen on these trips, right? The bonding experience bit, bit but generally speaking, it's it's not good for these teams to uh, have such a quick turnaround, flying to Europe and then flying back, and then you know in an 82 game season, those those extra those extra travel hours build up. Yeah, yeah the, kind of the, the, the Leafs got 15 games and they head head out there and then then they have uh, the 19th they play at, at there in Minnesota and they come back and have a back to back back to back in Chicago sure. in Pittsburgh on the 24th 25th so that's gonna be that's gonna be rough for them not not the best spicy pork and broccoli you know, not the best shout out to our boy Lou Domingue placed on waivers the other day I saw that and I had to laugh a little bit but. Um, yeah, you're right. That trip can be tough, but you know, maybe on a team with all these new faces, maybe like you said, Jolie, maybe it can be a good way to kind of, you know, bond together a little bit. But optically, it's hard to kind of say that. Maybe it's wishful thinking, I suppose. All right, uh, bets wise, anything? Anything? I know we went over a little bit. I kind of like the point total bet, bro. Over 104.5. I think this team can hit that. That's a good number. It's it's higher than most other places. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't touch the under on that one. 
Yeah, I think that's pretty good. 11, 111 points last year, 115 the year before, 77 and 56 games the year before. Like, yeah, the, 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 this Leafs team is is built for the regular season. I think they're that, that's a good bet. And division at two to one, I think, is still good. Nice for Calder. Nice yes. for Calder. Oh. What did I? I already bet it. What did I get that at? Fuck. 25 to 1 around there? 25 to 1. Maybe around there, yeah. They capped me on how much I could bet, though. Most of the books closed it. I haven't been able to find it recently because I wanted to look up that that Bruins guy, uh, the Potra guy. I didn't bet it myself, but that's that's an interesting one. I I don't like I don't hate it. Yeah, I got 24 to 1, so. Mm. Let me me see if I can find uh, Austin Matthews' goal total. We got uh, 51 and a half over under. I think he hits 50 again this year. I think so. He's healthy, right? So that's a big important fact here. Oh, oh, Talon, Ovi, eight to one to hit 50 this year. I already got a bet with my buddy at work and him hitting 50. I think he does, 100%. Perfect. I'm all in on Ovi. I, I think it's just going to be every chance he gets, and he's been doing his entire career, it's just going to be clapping fucking shit bombs right into the back of the fucking net, okay? So he's uh, they got nothing else. To, that team has nothing else to play for except for Ovechkin scoring goals. So if you're trying to tell me Ovechkin's not going to score goals, I don't know what, you're, what we're talking about here. They're not going to make playoffs. They're going to be shit, but God damn it, Ovi's going to be popping Genos all day long. Yeah, exactly. One last bet. Samsonov for Vesna, 66 to 1. He's got the same I, kind of case ooh, as Allmark. Yes. Right? Fucking put it in my if the Leafs, If the Leafs win the President's Trophy and then he plays well behind a, a good, solid uh, defensive team, then he'll be up there. He'll, he'll be the same kind of candidate as Allmark. I'm seeing 75 to 1 here. I like that, like that even better. What do we got, Riley Vesna? Give it to me. What do we got? Or not Vesna, James Norris, yeah. sorry. Oh, come on. <laughs> I haven't even looked at that. Bro, let's go. He had a 72 point um, season about four years ago. That's 100 to 1. 100 to 1. 100 to 1. Put, put, put a buck on it. You know? Let's no. fucking go. Why not? Waste of a dollar. Waste of a loony. Not a waste of a toonie, though. Let's go, Julie. If Leafs win the President's Cup, Riley's fucking away to the James Norris. We're telling her right there. Breakout year for the kid. Let's go. BC native. You should be all over that, boy. Tough as nails. Tougher no than thanks. a $2 steak. <laughs> Was that his highest scoring? Seasons, yeah. points. Yeah, he was yeah. on fire that year. Not exactly. even playing top power play. What are you talking about? Doesn't have to, bro. About Kling- Norris Kling- guys Klingberg are all scoring Norris. eighty plus points these days. Yeah, I know. I know. Let me let me dream, you assholes. Why can't you, why can't you give this to me? Come on. <laughs> all right. Uh, anything else you want to add here on either of these two teams or the Atlantic Division as a whole potentially? Nope. Joe sends. Oh, my God. Don't fucking. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't need fucking you. I don't need that fucking Archer going at it, okay? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here with the Ottawa Senators, all right? They're going to miss the playoffs. They're going to be shit. Fuck you. All right. That wraps up. Let's finish this one off. This has been a long one. My bad. Everybody, go check out the Sports Gambling Podcast. Everybody, that's the place to be. Tons of stuff going on in the world of sports, baby. Fucking, you know what we're leading off here? Baseball playoffs are a thing. I hope the fucking Blue Jays get swept. Let's fucking go. I almost wore my Blue Jays jersey, ironically, right now. But it didn't. Ryan, I got one of those. You know the old black Blue Jays jersey ones with the Jays oh, across? Oh, I think so, yeah. yeah I, I got, oh, I like those. Like like from like the 2000s? Yeah, I got one yeah. of those. It's a Sean Markham jersey. Sean Markham. Sean Markham, what a name. Yes, exactly, right? So I got one of those. Uh, I almost wore it just for shits and giggles here, but I did not because baseball sucks and the Blue Jays are shit. Uh, but hell yeah, baseball players are happening, so I'm sure everybody's fired up about that. Uh, football's doing its thing, yo. College football's been absolutely fucking electric. Most importantly, boys, hockey. 
Hockey is so close. It's it just it's over midnight. We are six days away from puck drop right now. I can't fucking believe it. It's gonna be a sick time. Uh, everybody's looking forward to it. It's gonna be sweet. Discord's gonna be popping off. So we're so pumped for that. Uh, you can find all that information at the SGPN website. Be sure to go check it out. Read the articles. Ryan has some great fucking division articles out there so division previews and stuff so you can go and read through that yeah some best bets in there definitely worth taking a look at good way to win some money uh and listen to the other shows man everybody's doing such a great fucking job i know we always say this but i mean it. everybody's absolutely killing it bro so hell yeah shout out to all the shows and shit uh shout out to all our friends and pals in the discord everybody's having a good time in the discord too things got a little bit heated we're not allowed to talk about music anymore in the Discord, but things are still pumping out and having a good time in the Discord, which is what's absolutely awesome. That's what it's supposed to be, man. So there's going to be a lot of people in there. We're going to be having some kick-ass conversations. We're going to be having some great bets. We're going to be fucking just having a good old time, bro. So shout out to all of our friends and pals in the Discord. If you're not in the Discord, you're not making money. Uh, if you want to get in the Discord, but you're not, you can reach out to myself or Ryan on Twitter. Uh, we'll be sure to point you in the right direction. You can also reach out to the HGP Twitter account. Intern's doing a fucking wicked job, yo. So hell yeah, he'll hook you up too. Uh, or you can fucking bring your big old... Your drill's going to be driving cross-country in a fucking... But it was a big tractor trailer pickup truck honking his horn going to Ottawa because apparently he loves the fucking scent so much. He's going to park right in front of there and honk just because he, he hates the fucking government. He's going to be honking. And when he's down there, he's going to pick up a Timmy Stutzel fucking jersey or something stupid like that. So that's how you can find Joel Meyer ripping down the fucking 401 honking a transport trailer with a sign that says send fucking rock. So hell yeah. Timmy Hose and Timmy Stew. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Perfect compliment. Yeah, make sure you uh, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We got a new one here from Igdalo Shandala. Uh, I think he just updated one here. So five stars. Hockey is back. Hockey is back, and I'm just as excited that the HGP guys are, too. Hands down, this is the best hockey gambling podcast. We are excited. We are very, very excited. So that's awesome to hear. Thank you for the reviews. Keep them coming, boys. Give us reviews. It's so fun to read. When you read that, we're like, hell yeah. People are liking our shit, you know? That's always awesome. So shout out to that motherfucker. Shout out to everybody else that wants to give us a review. That's awesome, bro. All right. My name is Talon Jenkins. You can find me on Twitter at Talon underscore Jenkins 94. You can also find me tomorrow shitting out a duck. Sorry, Joel. I'm Ryan Gilbert. You can find me on Twitter at rgilbertsop. And I'm Joel Meyer, and you'll find me hungry as fuck. I saw it talent's picture of that duck and the preparation of it and uh it made me super uh, super hungry and my, my stomach's been growling throughout this whole episode it's 9 30 i haven't had dinner yet so it's it's time to dig in the fridge and see what i can find or something up buddy you deserve it all right everybody thanks for hanging out peace go phillies huh Woo!